Hello, friends. It's your old pal, Ariel Helwani, back with another episode of DC and Helwani, a.k.a. the fastest growing show right here at ESPN. And my, oh my, my friends, we got a lot to talk about today. DC's got some massive breaking news at the top of the show, so stay tuned for all of that. But first, I'm sure you're all aware there's a lot of sports going on right now. Dare I say, more sports than ever. And if you can't keep up with watching all of them, well... We've got some great podcasts right here at ESPN to help you fill in the gaps. Missing some baseball action, also known as the sport that my Toronto Blue Jays are just whooping everyone's butt in. You can check out Baseball Tonight podcast with Buster Olney. Couldn't watch Sunday's Game 6 between the Clippers and the Nuggets, and holy smokes, the Nuggets are doing it again. Well, Brian Windhorst reacts to it on the newest episode of the Hoop Collective. Love that podcast. And then... As you may have noticed, the National Football League is back. And as you may have noticed, my Buffalo Bills are 1-0 with an absolute beatdown of the New York Jets. Well, I hope on Monday's episode of ESPN Daily, Bill Barnwell and Pablo Torre talk about all things Buffalo Bills. I haven't listened to it yet, but I'm told they spent a huge chunk talking about the Bills. So check them out as well. You can find all of these shows, by the way, wherever you get your podcasts. And definitely let them know that Helwani sent you. All right. Now on to today's program. And as always... Listener discretion is advised. Enjoy. Now making their way to the microphone, DC and Helwani. I'm in Brazil calling fights. I had so much Brazilian barbecue that when I went into the octagon to do an interview, I had my pants unbuttoned because I forgot to button them back at the table. Here's Daniel Cormier and Ariel Helwani. in your life on this Monday, September 14th, 2020. Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to a brand new edition of DC and Helwani. And as always, we are presented by Modelo. Modelo Especial. Root for those with a fighting spirit. That's DC, Daniel Cormier. I'm Helwani, Ariel Helwani. And DC, my man, look at that. Glow. Woo-wee. Look at that smile. Look at that shine. You're looking good. I just shaved it and I put a little Vaseline on it. I had to really? be really shining this morning. I put a little Vaseline on this side and a little baby oil on this side. I'm trying really? to look good for this new show. Yeah, I'm trying to look good for the new show. You're like a mid-80s professional wrestler. I mean, boy, look at that. I mean, wait, are you acting like professional wrestlers don't oil themselves up right now? I mean, we went to a wrestling show one time and Daniel goes, why is everybody's hair so wet? Because everybody's <laughs> hair is just like dripping wet. Why is it all so wet? So what do you do? So you wet? take like a big like like a scoop of Vaseline and you rub yeah, it on your Vaseline, hair? rub it in, you know, kind of shine it up. Because th- look, listen, this is a, a this is a big step for me, you know, because I really loved my haircut. Yeah. That's yeah, why yeah. I held on for it to it for so long, even when the signs were pointing to cut it off. So this is a big step. And then now that I'm looking at it, I mean, you know, it ain't really bad. So no, it's great. I like it. I like it. Uh, no more shampoo. That's a big deal. So that becomes a bit of an issue, right? Because when you shower, usually the shampoo allows the soap to drip down, which is a good thing, you know, because then you're like washing multiple times. Oh, you know, part of the shampoo. So now I'm losing, I, don't, I don't get to use that, but that's, a, that's okay. That seems like a very lazy approach to, uh, to shower your butt. Well, yeah. How long, I mean. how long, how long, you know, and how long should a shower be? A couple minutes, one minute, couple minutes. Yeah. Ten. One minute, two minutes. M- minimum 10. 
<laughs> no. You're taking 10-minute showers? Minimum, minimum. You look like the type of guy that would take a 10-minute shower. There's no reason to take a 10-minute shower. How many times are you, are you washing yourself in 10 minutes? 20? You're thinking, you're pondering, you're singing a little bit. <laughs> you're listening to music. You're stretching. You know, there's all kinds of things that goes on in there. Stretching um, like Luke Rockhold. Stretching like Luke Rockhold's video. You see Luke Rockhold's video? I did not. I did not. I did not. Oh, my goodness. Go to Luke Rockhold's Instagram, bro. Him and his girlfriend are playing around. She throws a sweep kick like Ryu from Street Fighter. Luke does a high kick right into a full-on split and starts to twerk. Wait a second. It's uh, the most odd video. I've never, I've never seen him do anything like that. Luke I mean, Rockhold's off the market. You buried Luke, the lead there. That's well, a big yeah, deal. Yeah. I mean, there's a, I mean, I would imagine that's his girlfriend. The girl's in the video. She's on his Instagram. He's kind of claiming her. Okay. All right. Um, DC, we have some big news, and we didn't get to it. I don't know why we're talking about showers and Luke Rockhold's <laughs> dating life. <laughs> that's DC, what happens. The major- is, there, is there anything more interesting than Luke Rockhold's dating life? Like, yes. I mean, seriously. Yes. Really? What you're about to share with the world right here. You have some breaking news, world exclusive. It is not what? What are you what? talking about? Oh, I know what you're talking about. Okay, okay. I almost buried the lead again. Well, you, I, I almost got really afraid that I, was, I set you up for something that you didn't want to talk about. No, 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 man. I want to talk about it. I want to talk about the birth of Luna Rose Cormier. She was born last Wednesday. Wow. Um, four and a half weeks early and still six pounds, 11 ounces. We're looking on the power of a 12-pound baby if she went full term. <laughs> But man, she's here. She's home. She's beautiful. She is a splitting image of my daughter, Marquita. It's, uh, it's amazing to welcome my new daughter into the family. And, and I'm so happy and proud. And I can't get enough of her. Okay, okay. Well, first of all, Mazel Tov. I, I, I mean, let's be honest. I, I said this privately, but I feel like publicly on the show, I should say, Mazel Tov, I'm so happy. This is great news. I hope that Selena is feeling great. I hope that Luna is feeling great. It's a beautiful name. And by the way, tell, can you tell the people the reason why her name is Luna? Yeah. So when we, when we had Daniel, we would always sing that song, You Are My Sunshine. You are my sunshine, my only sunshine. You make me happy. That, that one, right? And so we started calling them our sunshine. And then Marquita is just a star in every sense of the word, right? She dances. She twirls. She sings. She's just beautiful. So she's our star. And then Luna's our moon, you know? So... We got, our kids are integral. Our kids are out of this world, right? So we're so proud of them, and we're just so happy as parents to have these beautiful children. And now we have our complete. Uh, we're complete now. And, and when did this happen? She she was born last Wednesday, but we last went. Last so what happened? Because because four and a half weeks is pretty early. So yeah, was very early. So we for, yeah, we went in for a uh, doctor's appointment, and there were some things that Selena was having to deal with. And they were like, you guys have to go to the delivery room now. And as concerning as it was and nerve wracking as it was, we were excited to welcome our baby because, you know, you, you start to get excited and you can't wait. And she's here now. She's healthy. And uh, yeah, we're, we're excited. Now, what about the fact that you are, re I always, I always equated to rewinding the tape, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Your children. How, how old is Marquita? She's the middle. eight. Daniel's nine. So, so, so it has been like five and a half or six years since you've had to change diapers yeah. and, and deal with all that. Now you're going all the way back to the beginning. How Hated does that feel? All. I mean, it's cool, man. I, you know, it's just, it's cool to have a baby around because <laughs> she smiles and, and she like, she just kind of likes me. Like she likes me. Like if I, if she's crying for something and, and it's hard to stop her from crying, if I pick her up, she kind of like stops crying. And it's like, wow. it's like a sense of pride because 
Marquita's almost at an age now, even though she's eight, where I'm, sometimes I don't know if she likes me. So I'm like, man, Kiki, do you even like me anymore? But now I got my Luna Rose, and she's going to like me for a long time. Wow, that is amazing. Um, and uh, like, be honest, I know you kind of said the diaper thing, but like, do you, you, you don't really, you're not like a diaper changing kind of guy, right? I changed. Since Luna's been home, I've changed every single diaper. I've every single one? Every, every single one. I don't believe that for a second. I, I have changed. Middle of the night? Like, and, and I haven't been to bed since four in the morning. I get up every night. Really? She gets up. Yep. I get up. I change the diaper. Selena feeds her. So that's yeah, the deal. Teamwork makes the dream work, baby. Wow. And, and even though she came so early, you guys are back home. We're back home two days. We're back home on Friday. So Amazing. on Wednesday, back home Friday because she's a fighter like her dad. And yes. she had some trouble initially, but um, she busted right through it, man. She got right through it. And now... She's home with us and we're so happy. Isn't it amazing? I feel like you, you announced this news via text message on the show many moons ago when you were in Jacksonville. Remember that when you texted me yeah, in the I, middle of the show rather than just saying it? I'm about it to have a baby. Show. You remember that? <laughs> hey, yo, I'm about to have a baby. You're like, wait, am I supposed to share this? I was like, oh, it kind of came to me, so I told you. But back then, which I, I, I can't decide if that felt like nine months ago or two weeks ago. Anyway, back then, I don't think you knew the sex, so I – offered my services if you guys that but now was you, absurd that was now absolute, you i don't need him now i thank god i don't need you to do what you were asking me to do back in the day but in the jewish religion we do baby namings do you guys do baby namings what a baby naming do you guys do that no i don't even know what that means you give your baby a name baby naming means no you do a name. You, you have a whole celebration you go to a, a temple and many people come so I'd be willing to. <laughs> no, man. Stop no, it's, offering, there's a, stop offering there's no, things. There's no, there's no actual like things involved. It's just a party. It's just a party. If you guys want to do it to be more, you know, spiritual, I, I'd be, you know, if you, if you want to talk about it off camera or something. You're going to pay for it? No, no, no. Wait, I, oh, wait, yeah, you're yeah, yeah. Pay for a party? So you're going to pay no, for a like, party? You hire, you hire someone. To so you hire the person for the party. No, no, you hire me and my crew to do it. Oh, so you want to work the party? I have a crew. Wait, I have a crew. That's right. I thought you were offering to pay for the party. You want to work the actual party? I don't know. work. <laughs> there's so many negative connotations to the word work. I, I say. What do you mean? With love, with love. You you would you want to come and provide love at the party? That's okay. Right. I mean, geez, Louis, <laughs> you constantly offer me things, but just don't really need. It's like, I don't need, I'm so, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate the sentiment. We're going to pass. We've named our baby Luna. We're very happy okay. with it. All right. And uh, I'm good. So you can go ahead and keep your, your bris. Yeah. I'm not going to have you do my kid's bris. If I ever you had might have another one. If you I might, ever had I mean, a boy, yeah. I would never have you do my kid's bris. Okay. And I'm not hiring you as a party planner for my, girl, my baby girl's naming party. So <laughs> let's get back to the show. Let's get back All to right. the show. All right. Absurd. Well, what a month for you. 41, last MMA fight, a dad once again. Huh. I mean, you're just, you're, you're living your best life. I'm living my best life, man. And who would have Show thought? on ESPN. Yeah, who would have thought, right? Like losing that fight and just being so mad and depressed that uh, fast forward a month and things are as good as I ever could have imagined. Dare I say, losing the fight was the best thing to ever happen no, to you. No, no, let's not go crazy. Right, let's not go crazy. I mean, son, you always just <laughs> take so far. Why do you do that? I was just that? trying to make you feel better. No, losing the fight was the worst thing, but everything that's happened since has been fantastic. Okay. All right. Well, Mazel Tov again uh, from my family to yours, from everyone to you guys. I hope everyone's doing well. Uh, shall we talk about fights or do you just want yeah, to Yeah, please. About let's talk okay. about fights. 
All right. Well, I know you were really busy last week, but there was a UFC event on Saturday. Actually, it was a really busy weekend in MMA because we had uh, two Bellator events and a UFC event. Let's start with uh, Michelle Watterson and Angela Hill. Mm -hmm. Super close fight. Uh, For the record, I thought Angela Hill won the fight 48 to 47. And I want to ask you about this. I sort of feel like Angela Hill has reached a point in her career. Like, look, she's a fun fighter. She's a fan favorite. She's a super active fighter. She's sort of like the male version of Donald Cerrone in the sense that, excuse me, the female version of Donald Cerrone in the sense that she's just always down to fight. Second year in a row, she fights mm-hmm. four times in a calendar year. It's a big deal. And she might get one more in this year. But she reminds me actually a lot of Jorge Masvidal a couple of years ago, where it always feels like she loses these super close decisions often split decisions like Saturday. And it feels like when you watch her, she has an extra gear, but she can't quite find that extra gear, isn't willing to go to that extra gear. Am mm-hmm. I crazy here? Or do you see the same thing out of her? I just think that the way that she attacks the fight, right? She's very, uh, <clears throat> you know, she trains with Dominic, right? So a lot of the approach is very like almost, it's almost analytical, right? Like this, this step, Will this step equate to something going in another direction? She's calculating a lot of things, right? So is this risk going to pay off, right? In basketball, shoot more threes. Forget the mid-range jump shot because you're going to get the extra point. Da, 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 da. That's why the Rockets shoot 53s a game. Yeah, yeah. It worked is the well. risk of attacking more in this round going to pay dividends later? It might, or does it put me in, in danger? And I think because she has such a strong mind for fighting, she can't truly just let it all go. But she's been in there with the best of the best. And it's just unfortunate because I remember back in 2016 or so, she fought against um, Jessica Andrade. And she showed so much heart. Jessica Andrade was on her way to the title, beat her up, and she showed so much heart. And then she turned to, she seemed to have turned a corner, right? Now the fights are much more competitive with the highest level girls in the world, women in the world. Michelle Watterson, Claudia Gadelia, back to back split decision losses. So you can look at it in a sense that the risk versus reward that she's been taking allows her to be in the fight, whereas before, when she was willing to kind of stand on her shield, she was losing and losing pretty convincingly. And I don't, you know, I don't know if that's a credit to Jessica or the fact that Angela fought a different type of fight. So I think she's putting herself in, in – she's giving herself a chance, but it does feel like with her athleticism and her gifts – she could do a little bit more. But again, it's going to come down to her uh, being more free-flowing opposed to trying to work everything out up here. Mm. Do you see that? Like when you watch her, do you feel like she's overthinking? Not overthinking. I just think that she's, she's weighing risk versus reward, right? Because mm. she does a really good job. Her Muay Thai has gotten really, really good. She's got great striking, and she's not taking as much damage. When you look at Michelle Watterson on Saturday night, compared to the way that she looked, she didn't look as beat up nearly as Michelle, right? So she probably thought in the fight, well, I'm doing good, I'm winning, you know, I'm landing, I'm doing more damage. So she's giving herself a chance. So every time she's walking to the judges' scorecards now, she feels as though she has a chance to win, even though it's close, right? She's not certain that she's lost the fight. So, so I, I don't know if, if a change is needed or maybe just a little bit more is needed. And I don't know exactly what that is. Yeah, she is 35, but she's a young 35, right? I, I still feel like she has several years left. Again, it was a great fight, by the way. A lot of people were crapping on the fight when, when it became the new main event uh, after Glover Teixeira tested positive. And by the way, they don't get enough credit because we saw a lot of fighters and fights recently get bumped up from co-main to main. They three rounds. Three. They went these five. Two, yeah. So they get, to these two women. 
They yeah. went five and never questioned it, right? On a week and a half, two weeks notice, they never said give us three rounds. They fought a five-round main event, and they laid it all on the line. So they both should be very proud. And look, man, we're talking about Angie, but Michelle Watterson, she, she deserves credit herself yeah. Yeah. for going in there and getting the victory in the way that she did. I, I, thought, it was, I thought it was a great fight. I thought that the women were able to bury the hatchet, per se, after the fight. And I love that Angie was right on to the next one right after the fight because she was cursing at somebody on the internet. I can't remember who it was, but I saw it somewhere that she's got. Claudia. Was it Claudia? She wants to rematch yeah. Claudia again. Yeah. It's like the second time I've forgotten Claudia's name. Like, What's your beef with her? Nothing. She's a great girl. She used to train with us. Um, she, uh... Yeah, so it's right back. Like she, I think, I think both of these women are in store for big things. See, I actually feel like maybe a little time off would help her sharpen the skills. If you keep jumping back in there, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. You're not regrouping, right? No, don't you think? But like you're doing the same thing, but once again, when you're walking to the center to get your hand raised, there's a part of you that believes you won every time. And yeah. reality is. Most people thought she won the Claudia fight. I, I, I did. People, right? And so most people thought she won the fight last weekend. So what exactly is she doing wrong when she fought the number two contender in the world or three contender in the world in Claudia and the number like seven contender in the world, Michelle Watterson, and essentially lost, she, well, she lost split decisions but could potentially have won both fights. She won the fights on one judge's scorecard both time. So like what is she doing wrong exactly? Yeah, it's, it's tough well. Yeah, it's tough. She she could be on a five fight winning streak right now. Exactly. It's like um, Overeem. It's like the same situation with Overeem, right? It's, it's not for the the five ten seconds of the Jarzinho fight. Now you're looking at Alistair Overeem on the five fight winning streak over Jarzinho, over Sakai, like all these guys, and you're like, wow, Alistair's on his way to a title shot again. It's the same thing. You are right, though. Uh, Watterson deserves credit, and I feel like there's been this stigma attached to her where she's like just point fighting or sparring. I find Watterson to be a very fun fighter to watch. Uh, this time last year, she was hoping to get a title shot, then lost two in a row. Mm -hmm. I don't think she's in that title picture just yet. Obviously, they're going to go with Rose and Zhang Weili in the, uh, the not-too-distant future. But, you know, maybe one or two, she finally gets that title shot that she's been, uh, she's been dreaming about for so many years. So the main event was fun. But, DC, I got to tell you, one of my favorite stories of this summer, honestly, one of my favorite stories of the past few months, in the midst the of this crazy – The king. I Man, the evolution of Bobby Green, not only as a fighter, but as a human being as well. Mm -hmm. You know, there was, there was a time I went back and looked at, I think I interviewed back, I interviewed him back in 2011. And he was just, he always kind of gave off the impression that he was just mad at the world, angry. right? Like yeah, angry at everyone and, and didn't live up to his own expectations. And as a result of that, he was mad and he was mad at the media. And like, who is this guy, Bobby Green now? What a pleasure, right? What a great story this is. I fought with Bobby Green at King of the Cage back oh, in 2010. Wow. And he was the man there, right? He was the man there before he made his UFC debut. And when he got there, you could see that the skills were there, right? Like you could see that he had the potential, but it wasn't coming together. But I think that part of what you're seeing with Bobby is, is, is the same, right? Before, he was very angry, but he seemed emotional, right? Now he's just showing all of those emotions, right? And really allowing himself to verbalize what he's feeling. And all in all assets, right? When he when he was talking about his father before, when everything everybody was split on 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 racial uh, on racial issues, Bobby Green brought his guy that he calls his dad up there, his coach, and the guy that's really helped him out over the course of his life, and they hugged it out in front of everybody last weekend. 
um, the news broke. Bobby's in the locker room, right? He hears that this news broke. That's horrifying news. And Bobby addresses it right there. Like, wow, this really does affect me. And I think when you show that human side of yourself to people, they are drawn to you. And I think that's what's happening with Bobby Green right now. I'm so happy for him. Yeah, and you're, you're referencing the, uh, the execution of Navid Afghari, the, the Iranian wrestler. Uh, what, a, what a raw moment that was. But he's winning fights. Like, all of yeah, a sudden, Bobby winning, Green. Too. Bobby Green in, in contention, by the way, for fighter of the year. Why not? Well, but here's the thing, right? And for all those things I speak about, Bobby and the evolution as a person, all of that doesn't matter if he's not winning fights. Right. Right. That doesn't matter if he's not winning fights and in the interview zone after winning those fights and having that moment to really let his personality and, and show who he truly is uh, shine through. So, yeah, he's fighting tremendous. I mean, again, this is this is not this not this should not be surprising. All that surprising to people because the guy's always had a ton of skill. And he's always had a great style for fighting. He's a good wrestler. He has unbelievable striking. He shoulder the way he shoulder rolls punches. Like when the guys are throwing at him and he shoulder rolling and returning, it's nasty. You could tell that he has a high level background in boxing and, and full on mixed martial arts. Is he doing anything from a technical standpoint different, or is it just you know, hey, sometimes it takes guys a little longer to put it all together? You know what? I think that Bobby's doing little things, but it's nothing big and glaring, right? When you look at a Bobby Green fight, they still kind of look the same a little mm -hmm. bit. They don't look like they've changed all that much, but he's doing a much better job of not getting hit. He's doing a much better job of just staying composed and being confident, right? Before, remember him and Josh Thompson fought, and the whole time they're like kind of egging each other on to fight more, and it ended up looking like a glorified sparring match, right? Nothing happened at all. But now... He's not playing as much. Remember, he was talking trash to Dustin Poirier, got knocked out. He's kind of staying within himself a little bit more, which is allowing him to just kind of stay the path and not make the mistakes that he was making before. Um, he's been a great martial artist. He's been forever. He's been fantastic. And guess what else? Confidence. Mm. There is nothing that helps you more or buoys you more than confidence. And he's confident right now. And every time he wins... Every time he beats somebody else, every time he steps in the middle of the octagon and gets his hand raised, uh, he's going to be more and more confident and much more difficult to beat. It's like you, when you put on the collared polo shirt, you just exude confidence rather than when you're putting the, like, it's just, it's a whole new you. Look at you. Last I mean, few I'm, weeks in a row, I'm you got the collared shirt. They told me to get dressed. <laughs> they said, DC, get dressed. Boy, if you can see what I'm wearing. I got my spandex on under here. I'm going to go for a run afterwards. Oh, I'm wearing really? my spandex to go run with my running shoes and just do a polo up top. You're adamant about not, you know, letting yourself. I'm trying not to get too big, man. It was bad before. When you watched the show from March, March, remember March? Yeah. My head was double the size. It was crazy. And you didn't tell me. No, I you didn't. Did, you actually just let me come outside like that. You're supposed to be my friend. I mean, like, hey, DC, you know, looking a little bad right now. Where are we at in terms of weight right now? Could I ask? Uh, 243. Whoa. Wait, yeah. what did you fight at? What did you weigh in at? 235. Okay. So like seven pounds. But by the time, like by the time Saturday came, what did you weigh? Uh, when I got in the uh, octagon, I think I was like two thirty eight, two thirty nine. Okay, so, like, so you're not like, that far off. No, I was like two thirty nine going in there. Now it gets interesting with the baby. You know, some some early morning, late night eating. Well, here's the problem. Times, like you're in the middle of the night. You're, you're yeah. in the middle of the night. There's some cookies. And, Make a little sandwich, you know. You know? <laughs> and, and I've gotten old, so now every night before bed, I got to have milk. And what pairs best with milk? Chocolate Wait, chip cookies. Do you really do that? I drink milk every night. I can't go to bed without milk. 
Come on. I'm really embracing this old, this old. I mean, <laughs> yesterday, yesterday I sent you a, a photo, a photo that I edited and you were like, that's terrible. It was a horrible, <laughs> yeah. You try, this guy worked 45 minutes on a picture of, what was it? Drew Brees and Tom, so it was Brady. Tom Brady. It was Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and yes. it was one and no Bill Belichick. Oh, and one Tom Brady just win, coach. Like, I thought I was very proud of it. 45 minutes I spent on it. But it was with one of those, like, horrible free <laughs> photo grid apps with their logo smack dab in the middle. The editing was bad. It wasn't sized properly. I was like, what it is was this? Bad? It was horrible. Wait a second. You have milk every night before going to bed? I, I, I thought only, like, 85-year-old people did that. <laughs> Is well, it warm or cold? It, it, well, it just depends on the night, right? Some nights, it's, if there's cookies involved, then it's cold. But if it's not, you know, <laughs> warm it a little bit. It's, it can't be hot. It's going to be a little bit warm. You know, it's good for the bones, man. It's good what calcium. Do what, do you do, what do you do to warm it up? Microwave uh, or stove? Yeah, or, no, no. I, use, I do it on the stove. Put a little, a little, a little uh, thing and, and just kind of – you got to stir it the whole time. You can't, like, just let it boil. You got to, like, stir the milk in the uh, bowl. Why do I have this vision of you wearing like a full <laughs> nightgown with one of the hats? I don't wear a nightgown. I wear a robe. Wear I wear a robe every night. What do you mean a robe? <laughs> I wear a robe. I get dressed. I go to bed. I put my pajama pants on and I put my robe on when I go to the kitchen. <laughs> I go, what? When I go to the kitchen. Do you wear, do you wear the hat milk, too? Do I don't have hat? a milk. But like when I go to the kitchen to get my milk, I put my robe on. Yeah, why not? You know, it gets cold at night. It gets cold at night. <laughs> This is incredible. What an image. So no hat, no droopy hat? No hat, no hat. Okay. No, but it's like, yeah, but everything else is, is, is in Every night, 2% or whole? 2% milk, yeah. Man, all right. You don't drink uh, milk before bed? You should try it. If I haven't had try- milk in years. I, I have oat milk. I'm an oat milk guy. Oh, so you're one of those guys. <laughs> hey, fancy guy, oat milk. Ooh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't even, don't even come to me with the soy. Wait. Almond, I'm off. Oat milk, I'm on the bandwagon. That's like the highest. That's like yeah, the yeah, highest yeah, yeah, grade yeah. of milk. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, I'll go to I'll go to coffee shop. And be like, you have oat milk? No, <laughs> sorry. You're ridiculous. Yeah, oat milk. You, I mean, geez, you're such an elitist. You're such an elitist. Anyway, uh, congratulations to Bobby Green, one of those guys who has really taken advantage of the times, mm-hmm. fighting very often. Brian Kelleher comes to mind as well. It just seems like every two weeks, Bobby Green is fighting and he's taking advantage of it. Feeling like you need a marketing degree and an extra day in your week to successfully market your small business? Let Constant Contact do the heavy lifting for you. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has powerful tools that make it easy to grow your audience, engage your customers, and sell more to boost your business. Now, in just a few clicks, you can launch a marketing campaign that's tailored to your business and goals. That includes email, social, SMS, and more. So you can sell more, raise more, and fast-track your business growth. Plus, you can always count on Constant Contact's award-winning customer support for guidance along the way. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. Did you watch the, uh, did you watch the uh, other fights this weekend? No, I didn't watch anything. What did you you didn't watch it? Of course I did. But we're not going to talk about that now. We're going to talk about something else. Look what? at you trying to steer this ship all of a sudden. Well, I'm just asking. Like, I mean, you said there was a whole bunch of fights, and I was wondering if you watched the other fights. I did. Did you? I, I did. I, you know, I, congratulations to Juan Archuleta, wrestling yes, coach, good guy, big-time champion now. Um, we had a rough weekend. John Fitch and Ed Ruth, uh, the AKA guys, didn't do all that well. But, yeah, yeah, I've, I've watched a little bit. Kat Zingano fought her first fight over there and won. So. Wow, look at you just running things down. This is I great. watch everything, dog. You think I don't watch, though? I mean, what do you think? I just, you think I'm just backpacking it up in here? 
Just well, jumping thought, on your back, letting you carry me? Is that what you think this is? I thought maybe, you know, you, you had a, a major life changing moment. And yeah, uh, but you, you know what, man, off. as much. And, but hey, Luna needs me to keep my job, you know? That's so right. I just work. Maybe I work. You know what I do? All right. We'll talk about those guys actually later in the show. Uh, Fitch, I wanted to ask you about him. Also, Archuleta, the new uh, Bellator bantamweight champion won their vacant title uh so we got a lot more to talk about as far as those fights this weekend go but there's a big news story that's actually uh developing right now dc that i want to get to i want to talk about uh the, the sack no no nick diaz oh, this week we're done with that about, yeah, for now we're <laughs> done with that uh the saga that is dustin poirier versus tony ferguson yeah so uh, mid last week i get a uh, a text from dustin poirier telling me that he's out he's not fighting on on October 24th against Tony Ferguson. And this was a fight, let's be honest, when it was officially like out there. People got excited. People got excited. Like no one doesn't like this fight, right? Everyone wants this fight. To, don't. You don't like it. I don't want it. Why? I don't want it. Remember what I told you? I told you for the fights that Dustin's been in, right? Dan Hooker. Yeah. Justin Gaethje, Max Holloway, Khabib. I wanted him to take a little bit of a step back in terms of who he fights next. Not what? another guy. I not another guy that is going to be a blood and guts war, right? There's guys in there that he can go out there and, and fight. And I'm not even talking about guys out of the top ten. They're all gonna be tough, but there are other fights out there for Dustin. You know, now you, you you're gonna fight the number one contender again. You know, it's a uh, wait, I'm, so you're happy about okay. Can I let me just finish with going wait, on. I'm not so wait, I'm not so, so wait, so wait. Oh, I mean, that whole that whole spiel you were about to do it's irrelevant right because now we're in the conversation now we're in the conversation you and i like now we're in the conversation so you're happy about the fact that dustin is out and the ufc says that they're moving on you're happy about this fight not materializing wait, wait, that's what wait. you just said no i never said i'm happy i am saying that initially when everybody was pumped and jazzed about the fight i'm thinking gosh i wish he would have gotten Something that maybe a wrestler, somebody's going to try to hold him down and he could submit him, you know, like maybe something different to where he's not getting punched in the face and elbowed the whole time. And even if he wins the fight, right, which he can, but he's going to, Tony's going to cut him up and Tony's going to do all these things that makes the fight very difficult. Maybe not. Tony coming off a loss. Maybe he's lost a step, getting a little older. I understand, bro. I understand. But like for me as a friend of Dustin, I'm like, eh. but then fight starts to come to pass. And now, now it sounds like the fight's off. El Diamante is taking, yes. a, taking the stand. El Diamante is taking the stand. I and like it. If you want El Diamante to take this fight, you got to pay him. You got to pay him. You got you to pay, pay the cost to be the boss, you right? I mean, pay the cost to be the boss. <laughs> Listen, Dustin Poirier, there's a fascinating <clears throat> thing happening here, DC. What was that? What happened? A little bit of a cough here. Oh, okay. I haven't had You're enough right? water this morning. You okay though? Everything okay? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Okay, I know you were hospital. So. Um, <laughs> listen, this is a fascinating thing that's going on here because he's coming out and saying they're not paying me enough, right? That's what he's coming out. And by the way, looked into it. Disclosed purse for his last fight against Dan Hooker. Disclosed purse. Now we know about that, but disclosed mm-hmm. purse for Dustin Boyd. Just for the facts. We're trying to get the facts here. 150 to show. 150 to win. That's 300 that he, he obviously got because he won the fight. 150 to show for Dustin Poirier. I think a lot of people would agree that, you know, he's earned more than that. But here's the fascinating thing about all this, DC. The fascinating thing is usually when athletes, even in our sport, Masvidal, John Jones, talk about money, talk about wanting more. Usually what happens is the fans don't back the fighter. Mm-hmm. Come on, man. Don't back up. You're scared, this and that. With Dustin, when I reported this on multiple days, it was overwhelming in terms of support for him. 
pay the man, support you, Dustin, do what you got to do. We got your back. This is the fight. And then what happens late, late Sunday, Tony Ferguson comes out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Says, I support you. That's a big deal. It's, I think it, it speaks to the respect that Dustin has developed and earned from the community. The MMA fans respect this man and feel like he has earned it. We don't know the numbers. He doesn't want to talk about the numbers. UFC isn't talking about the numbers. But just the fact that they are backing him blindly like this, I think is a pretty cool thing to see. Well, you've watched him from the very beginning, right? Remember Dustin Poirier in WEC? Remember Dustin Poirier in his first UFC fight when he was, he was, he was a massive underdog against a guy. I can't remember the guy's name. It was a hot prospect. Dustin's first UFC fight. Josh Grisby. Josh Crispy, right? Remember Josh Crispy was supposed to be the man. Dustin beat him up, and then you see his ups. You see his downs. You saw him become a champion. You saw him lose to Habib. You see him come back and beat Dan Hooker in the way that he did. You know what you get when you get a Dustin Poirier fight, right? You, you know it's going to deliver. So um, I, I think it's a matter of what he wants, you know? This is a guy that's a former champion. And for a long time, Ariel, making three hundred grand was usually what challengers got paid for titles, so he's making fair money, I, I believe, decent money. But I think if I had to guess, it would be more about not win show. It'd be more about what am I making, right? right. I'm certain if they give Dustin 400 grand, 500 grand uh, flat, he'll be yeah. fine with that, right? I just think that a lot of guys now or a little bit, uh, they might be a little bit like uh, done with the win and show. And, and I think that might be what you get with Dustin. I agree with that the top guys should not have a win and chill. Like a guy like Dustin, when has he not shown up? Right. Or a guy yeah, like Tony. He's always in a fight. He's those guys need to fight. get, they need to know what they're going to get the moment they step in the cage. Right. Well, oh, it's the best. It's the, it's, it's a great feeling, right. To know exactly when you get a contract for a certain amount of fights, you know exactly how much money you're going to make that, that, that's a great, uh, it's a great feeling, but I do. But then you look at the pay structure, right. In MMA. And this is not just the UFC. This is everywhere. Right? Uh, this is a. Uh, um, is it still called the World Series of Fighting, or is it called no, something else? It hasn't, hasn't been called that. What's it I called? In like three, four years. Uh, PFL. PFL. Right. Look at PFL. It's win show. Look at Bellator. A lot of win show. Like actually, we Bellator got guys. top guys, not as much. Bellator we top got guys. guys. We got guys that fighting Bellator, and they make win and show. Right. Yeah. It's like that's just the pay structure of mixed martial arts. Because what if a guy like you know when a guy doesn't make weight, you start taking money out of that show money. It's not overall money it's like right is it is it overall money or is it just show money no show it's the show money right yeah. so it's like i i get why they pay in that way but no, i also see on. why fighters are just like man i just want to see and know oh, what here I'm he comes here he comes corporate dc back no, at I'm it just saying, no, I'm back just, at it again like it's the bro, first time anytime, anytime it's hard ariel anytime change is hard because it's not going to be changed all around right bellator is not paying everybody just to show base you know it's like it's the same thing you know no, well, okay, look, if you're a younger, a younger guy starting out, like, you know, 10 and 10 is fair, right? You know, you're starting out, okay, you got, but, but the, the show win model, as you probably know, was instituted when they were trying to build the UFC when, when Zufa bought it in early 2000s to try to entice fighters to put on shows, right? Like to, to go for it, to go for finishes. That's why the, the bonus structure was put in place, you know, sub of the night, KO of the night, all that stuff. But there are certain guys who have, you know, reached a level. And by the way, with Dustin, he hasn't told me that the problem is show win, just for the record. No, he no, I know. Him. Me neither. Me neither. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, a lot of times, though, the issues are rooted in that. Like, guys want to just know what they're making. And it's justified, especially when you're a guy that always brings it. 
That's so here's the interesting thing know. that happens. The, the interesting thing that happens usually in these cases are, all right, you're out onto the next, right? Mm-hmm. Now what's happening is fans are saying, I support you. Tony is saying, I support you, but you still do hear people say like, oh, who's out there? Charles Oliveira, who's out there? Uh, Dan Hooker, this and that. Paul Felder. Like guys, here's the issue, right? And here's the issue. When Dana says, I'm not going to try to salvage it. And then you see Paul uh, post a a picture of him versus Tony, or you see Edson. And then, then there's like, there's options, right? Most of the times moves are made when, they, when you don't feel like there's an option, right? When Masvidal said, I'm out, and Gilbert Burns was sick, you really have no option but to go and pay that man what he probably deserved, right? That's what he deserved in the first place. Paid him. It ended up paying dividends because the pay-per-view sold. Not according to you. I mean, listen, he got paid, right? And there's no <laughs> issue with him getting paid. And obviously he deserved it, right? Because look at what the pay-per-view did. It showed his value. So it's like it worked out, and I'm certain – that if, the, if you just paid Dustin Poirier, it'd be the same thing. Okay, but here's what's fascinating about it, DC. Tony is not just saying it publicly. He's saying it privately. My understanding is he's like, don't bring me anyone. I want Dustin Poirier. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So, so you can keep your salvaging something, whatever, not salvaging. You can keep your Charles Oliver. You can keep – now what do they do? Well, that's the <laughs> – it's so crazy because you kind of put me in a rough situation, right? Because, like, what do you do, like – Look, man, it's like, ah, it's like so. Tony Ferguson, right? Twelve. Can I tell you what they do? Can I tell you what they do? They figure it out. They're gonna get rid of both of them. They'll get rid of both of them. Oh, sure. They're not. They're not fighting on this card. There's no, no way. Like it's like they'll just get rid of both of them because that's what they'll do, right? It's like Tony Ferguson that had won twelve fights in a row. You could say, "Don't bring me another fight." But when you're coming off of a loss in the fashion that he lost, it's like, okay, you don't want to fight. Fine, we'll just get somebody else to fight. That's the problem. Well, this particular card, I don't even think needs those guys, to be honest, because it's, you know, the Habib Gaethje card, and there's uh, Robert Whitaker on the, the card against uh, Jared Kennedy. I would it's love good... for it. To, it should, I, they, look, man, put it on that card. Put the... Well, you know, what's, you know what's also interesting about this, which I, I reported, but didn't really get picked up last week? The stipulation that they were attaching to this fight, which I never heard before, was if, okay, let's say Habib Gaethje and then the co-main was Tony Dustin. If Habib... Uh, if Habib got hurt, Justin would get bumped up to the main event to fight Dustin Poirier. Uh, excuse me, Dustin would f- jump up to the main event to fight Justin Gaethje because, of course, he has a win over him. But if Gaethje got hurt, Tony Ferguson would go up, and we would get Habib versus Tony. So you it was have like to salvage the fight. You have to salvage his fight. Could you, you imagine if something happened? Could you, could you imagine? I don't want to see this happen, but could you imagine a world where something happens with Gaethje in this world that we're living in? Wait, and no, 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 no. And Tony versus Habib. No, no, no. That that would be okay. Finally, right? That would be, yeah, I know, right? They get the fight, but how about this though, right? Like, how about this though? What if something happened to Habib, and then Dustin gets bumped up and fights Gaethje, who he has a win over, and then he yeah. wins? Is he the interim champion again? Like, how does like? I mean, there's so many factors. Like, yeah. is he the interim champ again? Like, how how does that work? It's it's crazy. I would love to see this fight as a five round fight, if I'm being honest, because these two guys are so great. You but- just hate Dustin. What do you mean? I, I love Dustin. Are you kidding me? I want to me? put him in five-round main events and just like the- – Wait a second. Can I tell you right now? Dustin Poirier, in my mind, I haven't looked at the lines, is the favorite going into this fight. I do believe that too. And I I'm feel not, like I'm, you don't believe in Dustin Poirier. No, How about that? I'm not that? saying he's going to lose. I'm saying that in this fight, because of the way he fights, they, he just batters and bruises the guys, and he takes a lot of damage himself. That's all I'm saying. I, I do believe he wins this fight against Tony Ferguson. 
After watching what, what Justin Gaethje did to him, I think Dustin beats him. But I just think that he's going to take a lot of damage on the way. And as his friend, I just want him to not take so much damage. Maybe go wrestle more and submit somebody like he used to. As his friend, I want him to get paid. I want him to get paid. GDP. I do want to pay the man. Give him that GDP. money, man. GDP. Get that money. GDP. You know get that paper. Get Game that no paper, style. Dustin. Yes. Get that paper, yes. Dustin. I mean, yes. man. Pay well, the dude. Yeah, it would be nice. So it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, but right now, the fight isn't happening. And it's going to be really interesting to see once they officially offer someone else to Tony Ferguson, what happens then? If he sticks to his guns and says, I'm not fighting anyone else, now you're putting the UFC in a spot where they have to come back to the table and figure it out and make the best deal for everyone. So Make the uh, fight for Habib versus Gaethje, though. It needs to be on this card. There's just too many factors at play to not have it on the same night. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Speaking of a fight that we've been uh, talking about for quite some time that we were teased about and, and we thought was going to happen and didn't happen and there were starts and stops. And blah. After two and a half years, DC, this Saturday, we are getting Tyron Woodley versus Colby Covington. And isn't it amazing? Two years ago, they were supposed to fight for the belt. Uh, obviously, Tyron was the favorite going into that fight this time around. He's a dog going into it. Uh, the times have changed, right? Especially after what happened in his last two fights. How do we feel about Tyron Woodley versus Colby Covington? Finally fighting after all this time. It's actually kind of crazy that they're fighting. On a great card, by the way. Best non-pay-per-view main card of the year. You didn't like my, my post. I saw you. You looked at it. But you didn't like it when I posted it on Instagram. How do you know I looked at it? I, I, I have a thing. I put in a tracker. <laughs> I could see who looks at my post. But Really? No, absolutely not. But you see, I was right. You did look at it. You, did like it. you son of a. No, it's a great card um, <laughs> and a great fight. I'm excited about this one, man, because I feel like Tyron Woodley has taken a real strong stance in terms of social justice and everything, right? The whole racial equality and, and everything that's happening in the world. And he has kind of made Kobe the opposite, right? So he's kind of in his mind made Kobe the bad guy, as a lot of people do. Make Kobe the bad guy. So maybe that is what he's using to motivate himself to finally go beat that guy that he's had that thing with for so long. But Kobe Covington's good, man, as good as anybody in the world. And I told this to someone last night on a text message. Um, one of my friends goes, it sucks so bad because Tyron's probably going to lose to this dude. I was like, honestly, not many people in the world can beat Kobe Covington, man. And I'm not saying Tyron's going to lose. I'm just saying that. Kobe Covington is a tough out for anybody in the welterweight division. But I do believe Tyron can win, and I do feel like the motivation he has carried in camp will allow for him to have one of those vintage performances. Okay, so you, you, you have actually set me up perfectly for the question that I wanted to ask you because a couple of weeks ago I spoke to Tyron, right? And obviously there's so much going on in this world. And obviously you can't ignore, you know, what they represent and stand for, right? I mean, they're very open about what they represent and, and opposite. For. Yes, yes. Um, I mean, there's just so many stories. I mean, this, is, this fight is like straight out of Vince McMahon's playbook in 1991, right? So, yeah. but I asked Tyron, do you feel 
like you are fighting for your community? Do you feel like you are fighting for your brothers and sisters? Is that what you see when you look at uh, Colby Covington? I actually thought that he gave me a really smart and, and uh, a mature response. Maybe the, the Tyron Woodley of two years ago doesn't respond to this question this way. And he's like, no, I'm not. I'm fighting Colby Covington. And I see people on my comment mm-hmm. section all the time telling me, do it for the culture, do it for the people, do oh. it for us, do it for Black Lives Matter. And he's like, no, if you don't want me to win just because you want me to beat Colby Covington, then I don't want your support, right? He was saying like, I'm going in there to try to win and beat this guy and move on. I'm not doing it for anything else. I'm not putting that kind of pressure on my shoulders. So A, I want to ask you, what do you think of that response from Tyron? And B, do you get the sense, you just mentioned someone texting you, do you feel like, you know, people are rooting for Tyron because of who Colby represents and they, they're putting that pressure on him. Like, have you noticed that as well from your friends? Well, look at me, right? I just assumed that he would be carrying yeah. it in training camp, right? Because that's what it looks like, right? When you look at their interactions, the way that they are. I mean, Colby was on a video with the president yesterday, right? Tyron has been completely opposite of what the president represents, as, as a lot of people are. And there are a lot of people that support the president as Colby does. So they're just polar opposites. And you would think that that would mean that those two sides would meet in the middle, inside the octagon. But I love Tyron's response. I mean, I, it's different, right? It's different. But I do feel like he's going to carry some of that into the octagon with him. Um, he, I saw something on this thing the other day. said the UFC is so cool for letting him put Black Lives Matter on his, on his, on his fight kit. That's, that's crazy. Right. That's that that in itself is taking that into the octagon with you, whether or not you say it, that's taking that with you because Kobe's going to address that. Right. Like Kobe's not a guy that's not going to say anything about it. So I do believe that even though they're not saying it, that is a part of the, the, the competition for sure. But, it absolutely. Is. Would you agree that he shouldn't fight for other people in there. He shouldn't fight angry. He shouldn't make this too. Mm-hmm. It's obviously impossible to not make this a personal fight. These two hate each other and they have a deep backstory, right? They used to be training partners, all this stuff, but that's putting a lot of pressure on your shoulders. Like when I heard him say that, I was like, Oh, this is actually a smart move. Now, whether or not he's truly doing it, like he could be saying it and maybe not truly feeling that way. We don't know, but it's got to affect you. If you look at your Instagram and all your comments are like, do it for us, do it for us, you know, break that guy's jaw, all that stuff. That's a lot. If you're able to block that out, I would argue that that's probably better than trying to do it for everyone. Right. At this point, Tyron needs to just fight for him mm-hmm. and his family because all the other stuff, it, it just hasn't benefited him. Right. Like the, you know, and I can't judge his actions outside of the octagon. Right. But he was the champion for a while. He was, you know, he started a rap career. He did a lot of stuff. He's spoken about this, right? A lot of the distractions that came with becoming the champion. And then since he lost his belt and now got beat by Gilbert Burns, I think it's time for Tyron to just fight for himself, man. Get back to what made him that guy that terrified the entire welterweight division. So if he can block out everything that's going on in the world and go and fight just for Tyron, hats off to him, man. And I hope that's really what he's doing. I hope he was being truthful with you. Um, and not kind of just putting you off, getting you off the scent, you know, because you love something like this. Like, this is what these fights, these fights, for as much as I love them, I love it because, but we love them for different reasons, right? We love them for different reasons. What do you mean? Like, I love the fight because I believe that these are two of the best welterweights in the world competing. Oh, you like the storylines too. I, listen, Don't listen, lie. listen, listen. I do, I love the fight for this. The storyline is an added element to it. For you, it's a storyline. 
This was proven last week when you tried to give Leon Edwards out of the fight with Nick Diaz because there was oh, no Leon's, de- Leon's dead to me. I mean, like, <laughs> <laughs> don't even come The storyline yeah, story is A, and then the, the, the other thing is B. For me, it's like I want to see the fight because mm-hmm. I think these guys are both ultra-talented and ultra-competitive. And then the storyline, yeah, it adds to it. I love it. I, I, I mean, I called the Usman-Covington fight, right? So I spoke about how great they were, but under every – but – the fact that the thing that makes this fun is how much they hate each other, right? So it was, it kind of, kind of be a balance. You don't play a balance. No, that's, that is such a, <laughs> that is such a lie. First of all, saying that you don't feel the same way about the fight is a lie. Number one, I love the fight from a stylistic standpoint, but you talk about a build two and a half years strong, Tyrone Woodley, when he beat Rafael Dos Anjos in Chicago and walked up with Tyrone's tears. On his, on his water bottle. I mean, we're talking about a build. You, last week, were talking about the slow build with Brock Lesnar. This is like ultra slow. This is like, yeah, this is a gumbo slow build. Like they, you remember back in the day in wrestling when, when they would get them in the same ring, but they wouldn't touch? because oh, you didn't want, yeah. Contract contract signing. Yes. It was like backstage run-in. It was so many reasons, but never an actual fight. This is that fight. This is that fight. And dare I say, DC, dare I say, they're all must win, right? You're one and oh, it's, it's a must-win fight, right? They're almost, but dare I say, for Tyron Woodley, there has never been a more must-win fight than this one, right? This is it. If he doesn't win this one, he's relegated to fighting those guys that just, he becomes a name to try to propel people. And you don't and, ever want to be And Kobe will never let him live it down. I mean, that's, that, I, I honestly believe that if Kobe wins this fight, he kind of goes on to the next thing, starts to call Usman out again. It's what, he's, it's what he's done. When did you hear Kobe, for as much as he ragged on Robbie Lawler, or for as much as he ragged, he hardly ever mentions those guys anymore. He goes on this to This one's the, different, though. This one's different. No, I get it. But, like, it, when, he, when he ragged on those guys, he ragged on RDA before they fought. Mm-hmm. He ragged on everybody he fights. But then once he beats them, he kind of just goes on to the next thing. And I, I do believe that for as personal as this one may seem, if Covington wins this fight, he'll go on to the next thing and try to get back in there with Usman. All right. Well, I can't wait. It's going down this Saturday. And like I said, uh, and like you saw on my Instagram yesterday, but didn't like it. Great main card. Best non-pay-per-view main card of 2020, in my opinion. You've got uh, Donald Cerrone coming back and potentially another must-win for him. Who like just had a baby press. himself last week, yes, right? Yes, Mazel Tov. That's right. Crazy. Everyone's having babies later in life. Um, Nico Price, that's a fun fight. Uh, Randa Marcos against Mackenzie Dern. Uh, you got the return of Johnny Walker. You got Kevin Holland. But what about this one? You talk about storylines, ZC. I am all in on this storyline. And, and in particular, the storyline for the B side. DC, they are doing my guy, Gerald Burchard, dirty. They are oh. putting him in there. Oh, like, boy. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Against Khamzat Shabai. What? Come on now. They booked his next up, fight. Man. Damn. Yo, how, what about that? How do, you, how do you schedule you against a dude first? Yes. In two fights. Like, that's, that's bad. Like, hey. is it a mistake? Is it a mistake? The kid looks like he's the real deal. The kid looks real. I mean, the kid looks real. But, look, no, no knock on the guys that he fought over in Abu Dhabi. But they're no Gerald Mearshart and Damian Maya. I mean, right. so, look, you're going all in with the kid. Right, his manager um, Ali and, and and the UFC, they're going all in with the kid. Right, this kid gets through this stretch, two fights, um, he's as real as they come. Right, he'll be staring across the octagon from a guy. Hey, 
T Wood's not careful, and T Wood doesn't win next weekend. He might be the guy that has to propel this. Is it Chimaev? Yeah. He's the guy that has to propel this Chimaev. You don't want to be that. But boy, to put him two more fights against that competition level, it's risky. Damian Maya's made a career of, 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 of spoiling these exact types of situations. And Gerald Mearshart is tough, man. But what if this kid runs through Gerald? Oh, boy. If this <laughs> okay, kid runs through Gerald, man. How would you feel if you're Gerald right now? So Gerald's in a bit of a situation, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit of a conundrum for Gerald, right? So if Gerald gets mad, which any human being would feel like you want to be mad and offended, that may force you to make mistakes in there. If you just act as if it doesn't matter, your ego won't allow you to get past it. So Gerald's in a bit of a spot, man. I, I think I'd be upset, but try to keep things in perspective. This is a young guy the UFC is trying to get behind. This is my opportunity to take the thunder. But, I mean, nobody did that. Scheduling two fights at a time. Have you ever seen that before? I tried to think of it. Um, I think it might have happened one time with Donald Cerrone where he took a short notice fight when he had another fight booked. Uh, I think there was some talk of Chael doing it one time, but never where they came out and said it. And it was so interesting because they came out, like Dana said, the Maya fight didn't even mention Gerald's name. So he's a complete afterthought in all of this. And, and I think Gerald's playing it up perfectly. He's saying, I'm going to shock the world. I'm going to stop the hype train. He's not even going to be healthy enough to make it to the Maya fight. So I don't even want to worry about the Maya fight just, just yet, because let's be honest, DC, they usually with big, you know, with prospects, People like you, Connor. Remember when Connor fought Dennis Seaver, they knew that if he won that fight, who would be next for him? It would be Aldo, right? Mm-hmm. Eventually it wasn't Aldo because he got hurt. But they don't usually come out and say it, right? <laughs> That's the difference here. They don't usually actually tell well, and Also, they don't schedule them for a month later, right? right? Like It's not even that they just don't say it. Like this kid's scheduled to fight in Abu Dhabi. Uh, no, now it's November. Oh, so they moved it back a month. Okay. Have, have they lost faith in him? Have they lost faith, maybe? No, it's not that they've lost faith, but <laughs> maybe, maybe Gerald, maybe what Gerald said resonated. Like, I'm hurting this dude. Because I'm trying to, if it's me, I'm trying to hurt the dude. Win or lose, I'm trying to hurt this dude to where he don't get to fight the next time. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to cut him up. I'm trying, I mean, obviously you're doing that anyway in the fight, but I'm hoping to inflict so much damage that he can't get to that second booking. It's crazy, man. It's a crazy, crazy thing. Old Gerald is good off his back. A lot of submissions. He knows what to do there. Hamzad uh, fighting in the smaller cage. You want, yawning? What's going on? Bro, I got a new baby. I've been up since yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, I, I, I didn't know I was boring you. I'm sorry. No, you're not boring me. I, this is as, as fascinating, fascinating a conversation as we had. You like when I say that word, I right? I love when you say that. Yes. I, you know what's fascinating? <laughs> uh, are you doing that one? What? Are you calling the card this weekend? No, I'm not working this weekend. I'm not working until Abu Dhabi. Because I got a new baby. Man, we, we, I was. What do you mean Abu Dhabi's next week? No, Abu Dhabi's in next month. I go whenever uh, Zombie fights oh. Ortega and October then Abu fights Gaethje. I'm working those two. And then You're I'm going coming. to Fight Island? I'm going to Fight Island, baby. Wow. I had to see it. And I was like, wow, it's exactly what Dana said from the start. Yeah. <laughs> and it's real. Octagon on the beach. I have to experience Yaz Island. I I, I'd like to come too. You want to go? I mean, I didn't get. Oh, the you invite. didn't even come to my fight, so it's like. Yeah, I didn't come to your. Fight. I don't want we you to go anywhere. That. We didn't talk about that. That was a bit of a sore subject. <laughs> I didn't come to your fight, but can I be honest? I secret. I I like when you get paid, but I secretly am kind of happy when you don't do the fights. Why? Eh, you know, a little jealousy. He's like, you know, <laughs> Wait, chummy, chummy with like, 
Oversaturation. Well, you know, it's just like a lot of DC. You know what I mean? I just like, I like when you're fresh on Monday, you know? Oh, my goodness. Oh, okay. I think you mean like, yeah, don't work on the weekend so we can kind of, I'm all excited about that. That's right. I want to hear your thoughts first on this show, your show. You know what I mean? There, there you're just a cog in the wheel. You know, here, you're, you're one half of the, the fastest growing show. Yeah, for sure. I take you a know. lot of pride in that too. Plus, I get jealous. I see you chummy chummy with other people on air. It's, you know, I get jealous sitting at home. I'm sitting in my spare bedroom here in my shorts. You know, like, what am watch I doing? By yourself all the time? Yeah, Does you all watch the time. Fights at all? By myself. Does your wife watch fights at all? Oh, she'll pop in and be like, who's fighting tonight? I'm like, uh, Karate Hottie. Oh, I like her. And then she'll leave. She doesn't watch ever? No, doesn't watch. Like, so, so the when you fought, she was like, I sleep at like 930. So the thing that butters the bread, she does not have respect for. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. Hey, what do you get no respect for her? What do you get no respect? This, she, she... <laughs> this, this man here, man. Every time I learn things about you that just, I don't get it, man. Have, your, have her sit down and watch one fight and go, babe, this is what I do. Like, take an interest in me, Ariel, right. the person. Like, hey, hey, baby. Take an interest in me, Ariel. We're not that type. We don't do like, the baby don't, thing. Don't don't look, don't just look at my my dashing good looks That's and right. the size of my paycheck. Take an interest in me. See what I do to make you so happy and provide this beautiful life. Like, I mean, come on. Man. I will tell her. I will tell her that. Tell her Maybe that. she'll watch this weekend. Hey, 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 hey baby. Those piano <laughs> lessons. Baby, those piano Stop lessons. It. Come on, this fight, me covering this fight helps to provide that. That's right. That's right. Say it, say it, say it. Baby. She's not going to be, she's say, not going to be happy. I've never called her baby. I've known her no, since say, I was 12. Say, say, babe, babe. Babe, babe. <laughs> hey, babe. Hey, hey, sweetie. We've never done any of that. Only thing she'll call me is like a, cur- a curse word. Thing, you know, <laughs> I heard her call you one last week and I was yeah. shocked. <laughs> this podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Okay. Uh, speaking of shocked, as we uh, round third here, DC. Oh, we're rounding third? That's it. I mean, it's a tight ship around these parts. <laughs> I don't know if you know about TST and what he likes to do. Uh, what about John Fitch retiring after all these years? A nice little uh, moment there. He loses to uh, Naaman Gracie. Mm-hmm. And uh, out, by the way, Gracie, I don't know if you know, know this, if you were watching. I know you, you were watching everything on Saturday, but told Big John to interview Fitch first, which I thought was a really class move on his part. And then Fitch saying you want to help him, uh, ret- uh, you know, train for his next fights and all that. But you know, John Fitch, one of the, uh, the pillars of AK. What were your thoughts when you saw that? Oh man, just, uh, I heard John go, yeah, hey, I'm, I'm done. I'm an old man, you know, like my time's coming. Um, John Fitch is one of those guys that takes, a, he puts a lot of thought into everything he does. And he said, I've, I've always said I would fight until I lose. And when I lose, I'd be done. And um, he's going to stick to that. But, I mean, I just remember going into AKA when John Fitch was the man. And uh, just he taught me how to train. He's a guy that just trained hard and worked. And you could see that John Fitch was a guy that may not have had all the physical gifts that some people have, the athleticism. But through hard work, commitment, and dedication, he became a guy that still is up there in terms of winning the UFC's welterweight division, became a World Series of Fighting champion, 
and fought in the uh, the UF the Bellator champ to a very questionable decision uh, for the title in their tournament. So um, we're very proud of John. John is is uh, he's a real leader. He was the AKA captain uh, before me, and um, it's gonna be sad to see him go. But I'm happy for what comes next for John Fitch. Yeah, uh, I called him on my Instagram. Uh, one of the uh, the best welterweights of all time. And a lot of people gave me grief for that. And all I could say to those people, casuals, th- they don't remember John they Fitch against GSP. Was. Yeah, I mean, this guy was a force. This guy was one of the top welterweights. And, and you know, I'll never forget very quickly, uh, the first job I ever had in MMA was working for a site called MMARated.com. And I flew, you remember that one? Mm-mm. Boy, you really have glow. It's a glow. Like yeah. you have glowed up, boy, because you worked yes. at MMA rated. Yeah, man. The the hardcores will know all about MMA rated. And guess what? Uh, back then, the UFC wouldn't credential me. And I, so I would go to the Strike Force events and the Elite XC events and the Affliction events, right? Without those guys, without the Cokers of the world and those guys who let me in, who knows where I'd be. And I flew to San Jose to cover a Strike Force event headlined by Bobby Southworth. Oh, yeah, Bobby. And, and Babalu Sobral mm-hmm. in the main event for the light heavyweight title. And I got to San Jose on a, on a Thursday night, and I found out that the entire AKA squad got cut by the UFC because of the video yeah, game. Yeah, I remember deal. that. And it was because of John Fitch. John Fitch was leading the way. Kane got cut. My, all of them got cut. And the next day, DC, I don't know if we ever talked about this, but the next day. I was day, there. I, you were there? I think that was like 2009, right? Yeah, yeah. It was the video was- game thing. Yeah, I was at AKA when that happened. Wow. I don't remember you being there because you were like a, I mean, you were nobody. I was a nobody. I was, I was working at MMA. (laughs) You were were less than that. You were less than that. And and DC, I went to AKA that day and I stayed the entire day and Fitch would give me updates all day. And and by the end, he came out and he told me that he talked to Lorenzo and they figured it out and he was really cool. And he's always been very cool, but I'll never forget that. By the way, Javier Mendez that day, let me record a team meeting where he said, we're all sticking together. Yeah. We're not, were you at that meeting? I was there. Oh my I God. I, I got to find this. Corner. I was sitting in the corner, not doing anything. Like I had no idea what was happening, but just knew that I probably should not say anything. <laughs> oh my God. That is wild. Yes. I was there that whole day. Yeah. That's amazing. Great, anyway, great shout out to John. John. Appreciate John and everything he's done. Um, and Hey, at one point in the UFC, John had won eight in a row to get the title shot. Then he won like six or seven in a row after he lost. So it takes a lot to win that many fights in a row in the UFC. And he did it by just, with just grit and determination. So great career for John Fitch. Who else do you want to shout out? Mike D'Antoni? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, go on, man. I'm just kidding. You I'm just do kidding. That? Go ahead. Go ahead. Go. Shout out time. My first shout out, the most important shout out goes to my beautiful wife, Selena. I mean, come on, man. Is anyone more deserving of a shout out? after going through what she went through last week to deliver my baby Luna, um, to be so strong in the face of adversity, right? She was, she didn't know what was going to happen. She had to be so scared whenever we found out that the baby had to come early, but she was just a pillar of strength when she went around our kids. Our kids were in the car when we went to the hospital. Wow. We went to the doctor, they were in the car. I had to go drive them home after she checked herself into the hospital to go into the labor and delivery. And you talk about a tough gal, you talk about Selena Cormier and, I want to give her the, uh, my first shout out. Um, and you know what else, Ariel, which is so crazy. Um, the day that my daughter was born later in the afternoon, Selena lost an uncle, right? Oh, so she God. went through that oh, my before gosh. giving birth. So when you want to talk about toughness, 
you're talking about my wife. I, I always knew she was tough to deal with me, but after all that, uh, I truly see her in a different light. You were sweating, right? You were nervous. It's too early. You didn't have your bag packed. I mean, we had no backpack. I had to run home to get the stuff. I mean, it was just, it was a mad dash, man. So I want to give Selena a shout out. Yes, I want to give her a shout out as well. Well done for, for not only, you know, dealing with you, but for what she had to handle last week. Um, anyone else come to mind? Yeah, yeah. So John Fitch, obviously. Bobby yeah. Green, obviously. And my last one, I want to give a shout out to my man, Drew Brees, last night. Oh, another come on. Record. Get hey, out of here. Another record, Ariel. Seriously, another record. So now Drew Brees owns the record for most passing touchdowns, most yards, completion percentage, and passes attempted in NFL history as we went to 1-0 yesterday for those New Orleans Saints. Who that? Who that? Who that city going to beat them Saints? And then... Saturday night, we got Kamara re-signed. Sunday morning, we got Demario Davis re-signed. This thing is going to run for a long time, but hats off to Drew Brees at 41 years old, still rocking and rolling. Another record in the book. Uh, dare I say, the best quarterback in the NFL today. Wow. So you're just, you're just going to completely, like, you're just going to completely walk on the grave of the, uh, the Houston Rockets. They're done to you. They're dead. That's it. Nothing. No mention. No nothing. We're going fishing, baby. We're going <laughs> fishing with you guys. We're going fishing with you guys. Pascal Siakam is fishing with. Oh, Rose. stop it! Stop that. That is a little. That is a little much. Yes, the Raptors are no more, and Pascal did uh, not have a very good game seven or series, to put it mildly. Uh, but DC, I want to give a shout out to MMA Deegan at All Deegan on Twitter. Why? Because on Friday I said. Happy Game 7, Raptors Celtics Day. And I said, let's hear some predictions. And if you nail it exactly to the score, I will give you a shout-out on the show. And this young man, all Deegan, got it right. Celtics 92, no, Raptors 87. No, he didn't. He did. On the number? On the number. So I got to give him a shout-out. Uh, shout-out to Kevin Kroom, who won on Saturday, D.C. He beat Roosevelt Roberts, took this fight on just hours' notice, and won his fight. And afterwards, he tweeted this, DC. On Wednesday, I had $64 in my bank account and was trying to figure out how to make it 65. Hell of a weekend. Not only did he win his debut, he got a 50K bonus as well. Those are the types of stories that you love to see. And look, those are the types of stories that happen where? Where do those stories happen most? Only in America. Only in America, but only where? (laughs) Say it. Only in the world of sports. Only where, Ariel? Say it. What are you talking about? I I really don't know. Only in the, in the UFC, right? A guy can get a fight. A short notice fight. They don't get, but they don't give. They don't give fifty thousand dollars bonus, oh, right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like that's okay, the only fair, place fair. that happens, right? For Kevin Kroom to go out there with sixty bucks, go out there and knock out Roosevelt Roberts, and then get, you no, know, now he's got, now he's got seventy thousand and sixty-five dollars, right? He went from sixty-five dollars to seventy thousand and sixty-five dollars. Have you ever had sixty-five dollars in your bank account, like? That's I've, it. I've had negative money in my bank account before when I was a wrestler back in the day. Wow. Paying bills, me and my ex-wife. And uh, yeah, it was hard at times. Shout out to Kevin Kroom. Uh, shout out to Juan Archuleta, who mm-hmm. won the Bellator title on yeah. uh, Saturday. Great fight against Patchy Mix. Uh, shout out, by the way, we didn't mention this uh, last week, but I uh, want to give a shout out to Ricardo Lamas, who retired yeah. um, early last week. Great career for him. Uh, longtime featherweight you know, uh, uh, presence. 145 in WC and uh, UFC. By the way, shout out to the great country of France, DC, that has finally jumped on the MMA bandwagon. Bellator and they is have, going, right? 
Bellator is going on October 10th, uh, and it's going to be the first show, major MMA show in France. And they're also going to have up to 5,000 fans there, DC. So we're, we're, we're starting to get back to normal here. I saw some fans in the Chiefs game. And after watching yeah. the rest of the games yesterday, it's so much better with a few in there. It just works better. Uh, Juan Archuleta, congratulations. I got some friends over at St. John Bosco Wrestling. They're so proud of him. He was coaching there for a while. Uh, Ricardo Lamas. The way that he showed out in his last fight, he got that ending, right? The same thing I was chasing. I lost, didn't get it. Ricardo Lamas got it, man. Congratulations on getting the victory in the last time out there and on a great career. He's been fun to watch. And finally, shout out to the GOAT, Artem Lobov, who's coming back to MMA in December. Do you see I this saw man? a picture of him on the internet yesterday, and I couldn't understand what it was. I was like, what yeah, is it? Yeah, it was on my Instagram. You didn't read the caption. Was it the UFC? Is he going is he in the UFC no. still? something arena fight championship in December, but he's back. And that's great. news. I, I still don't know what this thing is with Artem Lobov, man. Like, I just don't get no. it. I don't get it. Get? I, he's, he's tremendous. Guy, but I don't get it, man. He's like, isn't he like 12 and 12? Wait, are you hating on Artem Lobov? No, I like Artem. Like, he's like, I see that all the time, right? Like somebody's like, I would say stuff like, man, greatest of all time. They're like, the only greatest of all time is Artem Lobov. <laughs> <laughs> I have so many comments telling me he's the greatest of all time. He's like 12 and 12. How's and that possible? Because he always shows up no matter what. He's right down the middle. Artem Lobov, the Russian hammer, okay? Don't you dare oh speak his name goodness. in vain. Oh, my goodness. Welcome back, Artem. All right, DC, go change some diapers. Much love to you and the family. Uh, let me know if you change your mind about the naming and all that stuff. We'll figure it out later. Don't worry about it. No pressure whatsoever. I'm probably not going to do that. All right. And, uh, Thanks to Modelo. Thanks to everyone who helps us put on the show each and every week. And thanks to all of you. Back next week, same time and place. Tell them to say peace. We're out of here.